about the importance of skills in nature. This is our skills talk. I, <coughs> skills are the things that we do to live in nature physically that we need to do. Like, for example, fire making, bow and arrow making, gathering edible plants and medicinal and useful plants and turning them into medicine and useful products and food, hunting, fishing, um, leather work, hide tanning, uh, cordage making. Um, I could go on and on and on. These are the skills that our ancestors perfected. Keep this in mind. Our ancestors, they didn't have a grocery store to go to. They didn't have Costco. They didn't have Walmart. They had none of that. If they had it, it was this. The earth, the plants, the trees, the water, the animals, the insects. They had to figure it out. In fact, if you go back far enough in time, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80,000 years and more, can you imagine our ancestors the first early ones, they had to completely figure it out. They had no one that could even teach them. And it got passed on through the years. And always our ancestors learned skills the best from nature itself. Nature always shows us. A simple way, when I used to teach bow making in our school, I would say, look at trees that grow vertically and horizontally. Look at the branches that grow out horizontally, like the Douglas fir, for example how strong their branches are when they grow out. That tells you the tensile strength is so strong. The tree is so strong. What do we do with Douglas firs? We build our houses. We frame them with it because it's so strong. When you learn to speak the language of nature, it will tell you what useful things there are for you to discover and develop so that you can live. The four main things we need in nature to live off the land. We need Fire, fire equals cooking, fire equals protection, light, light to see by, to feel safer. Fire equals tool making for building things. Fire, I said, is cooking, um, and I could go on and on. So we had to learn how to make fire. The other one is shelter building. We all need a home, whether it's a, a shelter for one night or whether it's a shelter we live in permanently throughout the years. We need a home. Shelter is home. Home fills the heart. Home creates a feeling of safety, of connection. It's a, like a power spot. Our home is the place where nature comes into us the most because that's where we're at the most. So there's fire making, there's shelter. Um, water would be the other one. Water is so vitally important. And what have we done as humanity? We pollute our water. It's insane. We pollute the thing we need the most to live, water. Where can we find it? How can we get it? How can we clean it? That's a very, very important skill. So again, fire, water, shelter, and then food. Learning how to hunt if we're going to eat meat. Learning how to fish if we're going to eat fish. Learning how to gather and prepare plants so they can be edible. Very important. And not eating poisonous ones. These are skills we have, the four main skills we have to learn. So imagine, and each skill has its practical, physical use, like fire making, bow drill, working your hands, making that coal, putting it into a tinder bundle, 
blowing it into flame. How it's, but there's not only the physical side of that, there's the spiritual side. There's learning to speak to fire, learning how each individual fire has its own personality. In fact, I look at fire making like giving birth. It's when you make a coal and you blow it into flame and you start a fire, you've given birth to that fire. Each fire is different. Each fire needs to be tended as an individual. Each fire can speak to your heart and your soul and engage you in the world and make your life more meaningful. When I look back on the thousands upon thousands of fires I've sat by in my life, I can't quantify it, but I'm sure much of the greatest thoughts I've ever had came in those times sitting by a fire. Certainly some of the greatest joys, uh, joyful moments I've ever had with friends and family were sitting around the fire telling stories, enjoying the woods. I can remember sitting around a fire in Canada um, when I was 17, living off the land on a, for a month-long trip in the wilderness and having wolves come and looking at the fire and I'd see their light of their eyes shining, not feeling alone. I mean, fire is so huge. When I look at fire, I ask myself too, how did it happen? How do we learn to rub two sticks together and get fire or do a handrail like that and get fire? It seemed to happen around the world roughly at about the same time in human history. There's some way, we call it the spirit that moves through all things, that knowledge travels through the energy fields of the world we live in. I can't explain it, folks. I just know it is. I know it is. And if we're open, if we're engaged, if we're living in a good way, then we have these moments of epiphany, of connection, of knowingness, of knowledge. And all of a sudden, we know, we know to try something and experiment. We do it. I'm sure that happened to our ancestors. I'm sure it did. On the subject of hunting, it's a huge subject. You have to have integrity if you hunt. Every animal in the world, every animal in the world either is food for another animal or they hunt other animals or both. I don't know why humans and all living things on this earth eat each other. I don't know that answer. Maybe it would be perfect if we all just breathed there, but we don't. So we have to have food to eat. So learning to hunt with integrity, learning to hunt with honor, with respect, with love in your heart is vitally important. We teach that in our school. I believe in it strongly. It's one of the things that hurts me so much is how our modern world, as we moved into the modern world and left nature behind, we took the thing we love the most, our relationship with animals, and we enslaved them and turned them into food items, and we tortured them throughout their lives. It's called factory farming. It's a dark spot in the world we live in, and it's something we have to change. I know I deviated a little there, but I want you to think, as painful as it can be, when you're out setting a trap or hunting with a bow and arrow, and you shoot a deer or a rabbit or something, and you eat it, and when you eat it, you connect to the earth and you feel the life that it had and it becomes a part of you. That's something special. I had this story I used to tell where the eagle would eat the squirrel and the squirrel would become the eagle. The mouse would eat the insect and the mouse, the insect would become the mouse. The bird would eat the insect and the bird would become the insect. The hawk would eat the bird, and you know, and the hawk would be become the bird. We all become each other. We become what we eat. 
So that's another way we're deeply connected to the earth. We're pulled into the essence of it. So learning to hunt with integrity, with value, with care, with kindness, with love. All these code of honor things I talked about before in the code of honor talk. Uh, water. Where do we find good, clean water? When I grew up, literally, I drank water anywhere I was. Now, maybe that wasn't always smart, but hey, I'm pretty strong today and doing just fine. Today, you can't, you can't feel safe drinking water. As a person growing up in a city and even in the country, you can't feel safe. I remember as a kid that the river that flows through Cleveland, Ohio, caught on fire because corporations were dumping so much oil in it. I remember when Trump became president, one of the first f things he signed into law, he reversed protection that Obama put, not allowing cold waste to be dumped into creeks and streams. Trump reversed that and said, dump your waste in creeks and streams. How could any person anywhere ever do that? It's, it, it kills everything that lives in the creeks. It affects all the communities downstream, including the human ones. It's just fundamentally wrong. Water is such a great teacher to us. When you find a mountain spring, when you find a snow-melted cr creek, and you drink that water, there's nothing like it. This creek that I'm sitting next to right here now, it's called Dale Creek, and it starts as springs up six miles above us. The spring that comes out on our land here, we drink out of that, that water in our school, I consider it some of the greatest teaching our school offers. No one really knows it until I tell them. But just, you are what you put in your body. This spring water we have here, I was told by an expert hydrologist, has been in the earth for 5,000 years when it bubbles up and we drink it. Then it comes into our body, which is 70 to 80% water, and lives within us, nurtures us with minerals, fills us up, with the spiritual energy of water. Literally, if you think about it, all the water, wherever it's flowed through, wherever it's come up through the earth, it brings the medicine of all those things, of all those rocks and spaces, all the fish it flew, it, it swam, it come, came through. All of that becomes a part of us. We are all connected. Skills teach us that. Not only nature awareness and philosophy. Skills teach us that. So we got the water, we got the fire, we got the hunting, and then the shelter. Think about this, folks. You know you love your home. If you don't have a home, if you're sleeping in your car, you love that. It's a soft bed, it takes care of you. You love your tent. You love whatever is your home. Learning to build a shelter with the earth is learning to work with the earth. When you take pieces of bark and you stack them up on a cross piece of wood, and you fill that up inside the soft leaves, and you curl up in there by a fire at night and get all warm and cozy, you're being held by the sacred earth. The earth has wrapped her arms around you, and she's pulsating through your body, and you're sleeping connected to our planet, to our planet. That is an amazing thing. Uh, shelter building is perhaps my favorite, along with fire making, of all the skills I've ever learned. It's I, I, when I make shelters, I consider them a home. I build them with beautif beautiful, beautif in a very beautiful way, with tremendous integrity, and I build them to look good in the environment. I always build an altar to put beautiful things next to the shelter to remind me 
that I'm in a sacred place called the planet Earth. I love this, guys. It's, it's the best. So I want you to think about it. Flint napping. Another thing, you take rocks and you, you talk to them. Rocks can talk. You know, I get a couple of rocks here and you can bang them. They talk. They can make music. They'll tell you what they're doing. If you take the time to listen, everything in nature, plants, wild edible plants, when we talk, go back to food, not just hunting, to eat like an animal straight from a plant, to take your mouth and go eat a leaf, connects you to the world of animals, to the world of the deer and the rabbit. It's an incredible way to do it. To get your medicine from the earth, like something as simple as pine pitch for a wound or an infection, and you take it from the tree and you put it on and it heals up that wound. Think about this too, how nature speaks to us. Pine pitch comes out when there's a wound on a tree. It heals the tree. What's the tree saying? Pine pitch is healing. You take some of the pine pitch, you put it on a wound that you have or an infection, you heal. It's that simple. It's that simple. I could go on and I will. I'll continue on with this subject later, but I want just again, like a lot of these talks, I want to inspire you to get off your butt, get out in nature, and engage with the art of earth living. I don't even like the word survival. Survival brings up ideas of struggle, pain, and misery. When you learn your skills well, you live with the earth, in connection with the earth, in respect with the earth. That's what I want you to learn to do. So learn how to make fire by friction. Learn how to build shelters. Learn how to hunt and fish. And if you don't want to do it, learn about it anyway. Learn hunt and fish with your eyes and your senses. Just become more engaged that way. Eat wild edible plants. It's one of the, even if you live in a city, some of the greatest edible plants are the weeds we pull. Use them in your life. Stop talking about it. Get off your butt and do it. It will take you to a level of depth that you cannot imagine till you do it. It will inspire you. It will bring you fun, joy, pleasure, engagement, and it'll nurture you. Okay? So, earth skills, the skills you need to live with the earth, the physical skills, fire making, shelter building, wild edible foods, hunting, fishing, finding water, the basic things that we need to live, whether we're in a city or whether we're in the wilderness or whether we're dropped off from a helicopter in the middle of nowhere and we've got to figure it out. That's the stuff of life. That's the essence of life. Every single animal that lives on the earth has to learn how to live. In a way, I just think I just said it. We're learning how to live again with our earth. We've learned the skills of going to Costco and Safeway and so forth, Amazon.com. We know all those skills. Now bring the skills of earth living back to your life. Have some fun with it. You don't all have to become a survival expert. That's not at all what I'm talking about, although some of you may want to, and that could be incredible. It will just engage you more deeply. If you want to see real magic, now I loved Harry Houdini, the famous magician Houdini. He created a lot of amazing illusions in magic. But you want to see magic? Make a bow drill fire. You're going to be looking at Houdini-style magic. That's the best. Make a bow drill fire. And then sit by it and enjoy it. Let it warm you. Let it give you light. Let it give you wonderful thoughts that you can create. 
a life that includes the art of living with the earth. Ho!